G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. When we come to read the Bible, we automatically become interpreters of what we think the Bible says. But because we are reading a book that has its place in history and it's written in cultures that are not familiar to us, in languages that we don't speak, then having some skills to interpret the Bible accurately are necessary for us. Well, some inspiration today and talking about a new book that's been shortlisted for the 2017 Australian Christian Book of the Year Awards. It's called Hermeneutics as Apprenticeship. How the Bible Shapes Our Interpretive Habits and Practices. The author is David Starling. He's Senior Lecturer in New Testament and Theology and Head of the Bible and Theology Department at Morling College in Sydney. He's joining us to talk about his book. Hello, David. Welcome along to 2020. G'day there, Neil. Thanks for having me. David, first of all, congratulations. It's quite an honour just to be on the shortlist for the Australian Christian Book of the Year. How did you feel when you found out that you were nominated and that you'd made the top ten? Oh, thanks, Neil. Yes, it's a, it's a um, terrific shortlist, actually. Some lovely books there and uh, really delightful to be included amongst them. Well, when we get to a title of a book like yours, it needs some explanation. Not everybody in the Christian community is across words like hermeneutics. When we talk about hermeneutics, what's the simplest way that you can describe what that means? Uh, hermeneutics is really just a fancy word for the, the art of interpretation. It's the, I say the art, more than, it's an art more than a science, I think, really. Um, but it's, it's that discipline of learning how to um, understand and interpret uh, our world, and in particular, learning how to understand and interpret texts, uh, both uh, in the case of the Bible, learning how to to read the Bible well and understand it in its original context, the original context of the the authors and their intended readers, uh, and how to uh, rightly uh, make use of the Bible in our own situation and and relate the mess the original message of the scriptures to the world we live in and the lives that that we live. David, for a lot of us who've grown up in church, uh, we are influenced by the way that those who've preached and taught about the Bible have interpreted themselves, and uh, we're influenced by that. But if you come to faith later in your life, is it a steeper learning curve that you're on to be able to have, as what you call, an art to interpreting the Bible? Yeah, absolutely, I think. Um, in my own case, I was one of those first group that you spoke about. I um, learned from infancy, really. I remember... Um, my big sister sitting me down as a preschooler, teaching me to read. And then I remember my grandparents, uh, back when I had first learned to read, uh, giving me, you know, a big old copy of the, the, it was the RSV back then in the seventies. And they'd written in the front, you know, Psalm 119 verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, or thy word, I think actually back in the RSV. Um, and, uh, and so from, from my earliest days, really, I was being taught, um, um, reading practices, um, attitudes, habits, 
assumptions about reading uh, the scripture and applying it to our lives. Um, and there were some things that as I grew up, I, I, I learned and continued to grow in. Other things that I had to unlearn as well as I grew up, um, some things that I'd grown up uh, assuming about how to read the Bible, um, that as I got older I thought, ah, actually I'm not, that's not sure that is a legitimate way to apply the Scripture in our, our situation. Um, as Those who come to Scripture later in life um, I think have both some advantages and some disadvantages in the freshness and the unfamiliarity with which they come to the Scriptures. Um, so there's pluses and minuses, but certainly great blessing um, in being... Um, uh, taught from a young age the the kind of the wisdom that you learn over time um, with the scriptures. If you want to have a good handle on being a good interpreter of the Bible, I imagine you've got to start with the idea that the Bible has a context and we're in a different context and we have to make sense of the context in which the Bible was written. How do you describe the start of hermeneutics, this art of interpreting the Bible? Yeah, well, the um, the very first thing I think is is the uh, uh, the openness um, with which we um, approach the scriptures, and um, the, the Psalms uh, teach us that to come to the scriptures um, uh, to to be illuminated, you know, for the light to shine into our, our eyes and to our hearts and our minds. Uh, so that kind of attitude of heart as we come to scripture um, is the, the the, the very first thing I think um, there's something about the the Lord Jesus as himself the uh, the one who scripture leads us to and the one who teaches us how to read scripture as well um, that's at the very center of, of what I want to say about how we approach the Bible so we approach the Bible uh, in order to be led to Jesus and in order uh, to be taught by him how to go back to the scripture and read it right um, as you say um, as part of all that um, taking seriously the fact that the all the many um, books that make up the Bible, the 66 books within the the, the volume, you know, the covers of the Bible, were written originally to people uh, who lived a long time before us in in very particular circumstances and situations. Uh, taking that seriously too, taking the the humanity and the historical situation of those readers is so important. I think uh, without letting go of the fact that in uh, the mystery of how God works in uh, the whole story of his mission in the world, he has used what those human writers said to those original human readers to speak his word to us. Uh, so that, that complex relationship between the human and the divine authorship of Scripture and the position of, of Jesus at the very center of Scripture, at the crossroads um, of all the, the, uh, the, uh, the Scriptures, uh, that's the set of things to keep in mind, I think, as we as we read the Bible. So when you say it's more an art than a science, what you're saying is that it's not just an academic pursuit uh, when you're interpreting the Bible because there are devotional values and there are the things that we bring to uh, the Scriptures in our own understanding and then there's this expectation that God is going to speak through his word even though it's written in a different context to where we are at the moment. Is that a fair enough way of, of saying uh, that that's what makes it sometimes quite complex? Absolutely. So on the one hand, it, it's absolutely true that there are uh, disciplines involved in reading well and there's deep thought required. Uh, there are uh, skills that you pick up over time. 
um, and there's there's knowledge that you 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 grow in as you read, um, but you can't ever, I think, do justice to scripture uh, and to the business of interpreting scripture well and wisely if you try to reduce it down to just technique and method, uh, the, you know, the ten steps or the um, the this particular kind of scientific or academic method to approach the scripture with. There's something in uh, the mystery and the beauty and the complexity of Scripture that always is too rich and too deep to be caught up in the net of one single method or technique or 10-step process. Um, And it's not just about what methods and techniques um, we use and how expert we are in applying them. Um, It's what God is doing by His Spirit through the text affecting us. Uh, And it's about who we're becoming as well. Um, You can't detach... Scripture and keep it at arm's length from from yourself. You know the the Bible itself talks about uh, the Scripture as being like a mirror um, that shows us something about ourselves. Um, reading Scripture well and doing justice to uh, to what God uh, purposes to accomplish through Scripture uh, can never be a purely arm's length, dispassionate, uh, objective, scientific kind of process. I think. Is that where we get the idea that the Bible is a living word, that it is a document that God speaks through? If it's just uh, uh, an academic pursuit, then uh, you really draw the life out of it. But, uh, of course, uh, the life uh, can be accessed, the life of God, uh, through his scriptures. Yeah, a lot of the language that the traditional um, uh, hermeneutics textbooks use about scripture can make it sound as if scripture is... Uh, and this is a very, a very Western modern mindset. We can speak about Scripture as if Scripture were uh, some kind of specimen on the, on the table and the experts come in their white coats and they cut it up and they peer through their lenses of various um, academic methods down at the Scriptures and uh, look at it, as it were, like a, you know, like a snowflake under the microscope or something. Um, in reality, the, the language that Scripture uses for itself is much more dynamic and alive than that. So... You know, one of the famous texts about Scripture in the letter to the Hebrews, uh, the Word of God, uh, the Word of God that God speaks to us through the Scriptures, is is described as living and active and sharp, sharper than a, than a sword that 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 cuts us as we read it. It it, it slices us open and exposes um, who we are on the inside. So the idea that Scripture is inert and that the expert um, applies techniques to Scripture to extract. The meaning out of a, a dead text that that might feel scientific to a to a modern Western theorist, uh, but it's not the way the Bible asks us um, to approach the script the scripture at all. It's well, we're talking more exciting and much more more um, much more complicated and much more dynamic than that. I think we're talking about a new book called Hermeneutics as Apprenticeship: How the Bible Shapes Our Interpretive Habits and Practices. The author is David Starling. He's Senior Lecturer in New Testament and Theology and Head of the Bible and Theology Department at Morling College in Sydney. We're back with more in just a short while. We're back with a fascinating conversation because we're talking about how we interpret the Bible. A new book out called Hermeneutics as Apprenticeship, How the Bible Shapes Our Interpretive Habits and Practices is written by author David Starling, his senior lecturer in New Testament and Theology and head of the Bible and Theology Department at Morling College in Sydney. David, as we talk about being interpreters of the Bible, let's get into some rubber hits the road 
cases here. How do we increase our capacity to be good interpreters? Uh, what are your thoughts about our habits and our practices in our Bible study? Uh, look, that's a great question. Um, I guess the, the first thing I want to say is that um, uh, Scripture itself um, teaches us uh, the wisdom that we need to read Scripture well. So if you want to ride a bike, you learn bike riding, mostly mostly not by going to bike riding seminars or um, watching YouTube videos or reading bike riding manuals. You, you mainly learn bike riding by riding bikes. And uh, I think it's something, something like that with reading, reading Scripture. If you're going to grow in the wisdom uh, and the character uh, that you need to read Scripture well, um, you learn it by doing it. Uh, what does Scripture teach us as we read it about how to read Scripture well, what good practices? Um, firstly, I want to say that reading the kind of habits and practices we need ought to include both uh, private meditation on Scripture and collective uh, conversation and proclaiming and, 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 and preaching and hearing of Scripture. So if the Psalms in the Old Testament are the first kind of training ground for the worshippers of God in the Old Testament period, and uh, they continue in the New Testament to be part of how the curriculum that we teach and admonish one another with, according to Colossians and, and Ephesians, um, the Psalms are, are a, a really basic kind of pathway into our encounter with Scripture, then the Psalms picture us both as um, meditating at night on our own as we lie on our beds on the words of God in Scripture, pondering them, chewing them over, running them through our minds, reading them slowly and reflecting on them privately before God um, as a daily habit of the person who wants to know God. And also in the, in the light of day and in the company of God's people, um, proclaiming the story of God's works and celebrating it and singing it to one another and uh, preaching it um, and hearing it preached and talking about it with one another, encouraging one another daily with it in the, uh, the conversations that we have. So both collectively uh, and privately um, uh, feeding on the Word of God in those kind of patterns uh, are really essential, I think. And if we can expand the circle of our conversation too, to include not just the people that uh, we, we meet with in our own little circle uh, day by day and week by week at church, but to metaphorically expand the circle of the conversation to learn from readers of Scripture in different places, uh, in different situations, from different centuries, then there's, there's huge wisdom to be gained from that, I think. I love the way that in the book of Ruth, for example, um, Boaz and Naomi and Ruth, the various characters within that story, are all essential to one another. It's the, the encounter between them, such different characters. Naomi, the, uh, the economic refugee um, who's come back a, a widow, um, aged and dispirited and uh, describes herself as just empty and dried up, coming back with, with Ruth, the young uh, Moabite daughter-in-law um, who's grown up far from the people of God and coming as a, as a stranger and a, a newcomer um, into the, the people of, of Bethlehem in, the, in the, the town that her, her uh, husband had grown up in. Uh, and Boaz, the, the, the wealthy, landowning, blue-blooded kind of uh, local man, uh, none of them could arrive at a, a full and true and rich and deep understanding of the scriptures that are beneath the story of Ruth uh, and, the, and the will of God for them without each other, actually. It's, it's their encounter with each other uh, out, of, out of that that the uh, the beauty of the story of Ruth emerges 
And that's a nice picture, I think, of the way in which we need each other to read the Bible well. So many relational dimensions, aren't there, in our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. I know you like to use the terminology, be a good reader of Scripture. Does that mean that you love the Scriptures? Because some people who find themselves as good readers uh, have a love for the Scripture. Uh, others, uh, others look at you blankly and go, I just can't get into it. How do you become a good reader of scripture yes it has to be i think to 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 do justice to what scripture is you know we're not reading the 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 phone book or uh, you know the maths textbook even the maths textbook people can fall in love with actually if they they're really passionate about their discipline uh but it's not you know it's, it's not the phone book or the ikea instruction manual there's something about the kind of personal communication that scripture is uh, that requires us, I think, if we read, to read read well, to read with our, our hearts as well as our heads. Um, and again, to go back to the Psalms, there's language of, of sweetness um, and, and of, of radiance, of, of, of beauty and delight that's part of how the Psalmists frame their encounter with Scripture. Having said that, um, when the Psalmists speak about delighting in the Scriptures or about, about the radiance of Scripture... Sometimes they, they speak about their encounter with the promises of God and the laws of God not as an easy and obvious and automatic one where they look straight into the, the, the words on the, on the page and immediately see beauty and truth and, and joy and happiness. They talk about, the psalmists talk about uh, waiting for God's word and longing for the entrance of the word of God that gives light and um, patiently uh, hoping for God. Uh, so in reality, of course, for many Bible readers, uh, there are times when our encounter with Scripture is, is a, a wrestle and there's, there's groaning involved and, 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 and worrying and wondering and agonizing in prayer. Um, all that is part of the way the heart encounters Scripture, I think. Um, but in all of that, both in the, the longing, searching for the light of Scripture to, to break forth in a way that we can see, and in the, 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 the spontaneous delight that Scripture sometimes gives us, often gives us, in all of that, it's, it's a joining together, I think, of the head and the heart, a kind of engaged encounter with Scripture that's both our affections and our intellect uh, engaged simultaneously. You know, it's inspiring to hear you say that when you open the Scriptures, you ought not to expect always that warm, fuzzy feeling because what you're describing is uh, different horses for different courses, different uh, elements, different dimensions that you'll discover in the Scriptures for the different dimensions that you face in your life. Is there, is there something distinctive about your approach to this level of Bible interpretation that, uh, that's different to others? How do you describe the way you've approached these things, David? Uh, I guess the biggest thing that I would... Um uh, that I hope that this book contributes is uh, a spinning around, if you like, of the way that we talk about hermeneutics and interpretation, a spinning around 180 degrees. So, uh, so much of the, the kind of textbook approach that I grew up with um, in, and, you know, when I studied hermeneutics as a subject, you know, the, the, the subject of biblical interpretation, so much was about what, what we bring to Scripture, the, the prior assumptions or the 
uh, the techniques of interpretation or the methods that we apply that we learn from somewhere outside the Bible, like a toolkit that we have to arm up with and, and then bring to become expert interpreters. I don't want to dismiss that kind of approach completely, um, but I do want to say far more important uh, than what we bring to Scripture is what, uh, what Scripture um, does to us and what Scripture gives to us, what God does to us through Scripture. So I want to say let's keep the focus primarily on the way Scripture approaches us and the invitations that Scripture makes to us and the wisdom that Scripture teaches us. Uh, I guess I want to say, too, like the book of Proverbs says about wisdom more generally, uh, it, it takes time, and that we ought to have a kind of um, a healthy combination of both the, the eagerness, you know, sell everything to get wisdom, the, uh, the, the young readers of Proverbs are told. It's more precious than rubies. So both that eagerness that says, uh, get wisdom, get understanding, go for it, chase it, be eager in our pursuit of wisdom and a right interpretation of Scripture. A, a right combination, though, of that kind of eagerness and questing mindset and that hunger uh, and thirst for the truth of God's Word with the kind of patience that, that knows that good wisdom is, is gained slowly. It's a slow and spiraling kind of approach toward wisdom that grows, that comes through a lifetime of living with God's Word and uh, hearing it and pondering it on our own and discussing it with others. Uh, so that kind of combination, I think, of um, earnestly questing after a better reading and patiently uh, t- putting in the time and spending the years uh, to grow a deep and true wisdom. Because, of course, we're talking here about wisdom, not just, not just knowledge. We're talking, in interpreting Scripture, we're not just talking about being able to write... Um, a good academic paper on it. We're talking about knowing how to live in light of it. Um, and that, that takes more than just accurate exegesis, you know, um, uh, accurate academic study. It requires the kind of heart uh, uh, that is open to Scripture and the kind of um, Scripture-formed wisdom that knows how to apply its message in our own situation. That takes time. And David, just the title of your book, Hermeneutics as Apprenticeship, Uh, It indicates that it's not just for people who are studying the Bible at a high academic level. Uh, Who is the apprentice uh, that you're talking about here? Because uh, what sort of person is going to benefit most from picking up your book? And uh, is it a companion book? How do do you describe uh, who'll most likely enjoy reading your new book? Yes. Uh, I mean, all of us who, who want to learn how to read Scripture well, I want to say all of us are apprentices, and we never graduate from this apprenticeship. Um, I do hope that along the way, those whose work, whose labor, whose ministry is going to be the teaching of the Word of God, so pastors and preachers and those who are training for those kind of jobs, I do hope this, this book will be useful to them, those whose, whose main ministry involves the, the interpreting and teaching of the Word of God. But I hope this book is more broadly useful than that. I hope it's a book that's useful for, uh, for anyone who's um, serious about wanting to read the Bible well and invest time and energy into it. I, I, I try in each chapter to um, uh, not to catapult us into the theory, as it were, uh, and the detail, but to start in each chapter in, in inviting the reader in and, and foregrounding the kind of um, issues and um, questions that, that this particular chapter is focusing on and the way in which, in which it relates to um, the everyday questions and 
struggles that we have as Christians. So I'm, I'm hoping it's a book that's certainly useful for students of scripture and of theology, um, pastoral pastors and preachers and so on, but but also to, to um, all kinds of people who read the Bible and want to apply it faithfully and well in their situation. Well, the book is called Hermeneutics as Apprenticeship, How the Bible Shapes Our Interpretive Habits and Practices. The author is David Starling, his senior lecturer in New Testament and Theology and head of the Bible and Theology Department at Morling College in Sydney. You can get a hold of the book online or on the Morling College website or at Christian bookshops, but simply Google the title of the book, Hermeneutics as Apprenticeship, How the Bible Shapes Our Interpretive Habits and Practices, and you'll be able to get a hold of it. David, thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us and uh, the detail about your book today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.